Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. I'm so grateful you're here today and excited about the day. Today's going to be fun. I'm just feeling that. I want to begin with the passage to help point us in a direction, the focus we're going to head today. It comes out of Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4, and it says this. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I want you to think about that line. This psalm is saying the sky tells us a story. It reminds us of the wonder and glory of God. Just when we look up into the sky, amen. Day after day, they they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. So literally, the skies, the stars, they speak without even talking, don't they? Yet their voice goes into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. How many know that sometimes the unspoken things of our lives have the most profound impact? This verse says that the unspoken beauty of the world, creation, the skies themselves, they remind us and they tell us of God's glory. We have, all, we have all sorts of unspoken realities about our life. For example, think about the unspoken subtlety of a kind smile or the unspoken act of hospitality and how that can change the room, that can change the relationship, that can change a place to feel safe. Or how about when someone shows up to support you, maybe they support your passion or they showed up to some life event or accomplishment or they support you through a time of grief. They don't have to say anything. They just had to show up, right? And when they showed up, it meant everything. Sometimes the unspoken forces in our life possess a power and a beauty and a wonder. And I just wanna say that this is true of you that there are unspoken forces that lie within and underneath the surface of your life that possess the power and beauty and wonder of God. And there are things that are unspoken about you that you know that you've just, for whatever reason, chosen to not say out loud to others. But there are some unspoken realities about you that you do not know yet. And this, that's the space that God wants to help you discover the person he's created you to be. So here's what we're going to do. We're about to start a new series. It's called Unspoken. And today's message title is God Knows the Unspeakable. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God knows. Say it again. Say, God knows. Now let's take it up a notch. Look at your other neighbor and say, God knows you. For the next three weeks, we're going to do an exploration underneath the surface. What lies within you? Specifically, this is a series about the power of vulnerability. Your future and the best version of you, it's unlocked when the unspoken things that lie within you and under the surface come out of hiding, come out of shame, and they come out of confusion and you speak them not only to God, but you speak them to others. This is a series about becoming all that God has created you to be. We wanna help you discover the person that God sees when he sees you because that person exists. So I just wanna say that again because I don't think you caught it or I would've heard an amen. 
Your future and the best version of you is unlocked when the unspoken things that lie under the surface of your life come out of hiding and shame and fear and confusion and you speak them to God and to others because the best version of you is what God sees and he wants you to see it too. So we're gonna explore the unspoken, not talked about much, forgotten, hidden, scared versions of me and you that God wants to reveal more about so he can show you his purpose and his plan and his picture of you. So if you're already wondering, oh man, is this gonna be some deep dive into the inner self? I would say, well, it's a dive under the surface. And for some of you, that's gonna feel really deep because you never go more than surface deep. So today, I want you to think of this as part one of three. We're only gonna go so far today. And I don't even think in three parts we can do an inner journey, so I'm not suggesting such. I'm just saying what we're gonna do is gonna take three weeks, so make sure you're here for all three. So with that said, are you guys ready for this new series? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Good. Most of us are ready. If you didn't say I'm ready, it's okay because this series is called Unspoken, so you don't have to say anything. It's all good. I'm going to pray. We're so, we're so thankful, God. We're thankful that we have a room full of people, and for some of us, this is family. For others of us, they don't know it's family yet, but it's going to become family. Spiritual family is so important. We're so thankful for it. Our vision and our mission to see life brought to the city. We know it begins in moments like this where we just say, God, we want to have an encounter with you and we want that encounter to to transform our life. We know that that's where true life comes from. And so, Father, today we pray that in the name of Jesus that you would release life into this room. We invite your spirit to come. We need your presence. We long for your power. Come in power today. Heal someone who needs healed. Help someone who needs help. Save someone who needs saved. Meet us where we are, Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So at the end of my eighth grade year, my family and I began to get involved in church. For me, it was the first time I'd ever went to church regularly. Uh, We started going so much though, right off the bat, that I was going on Sunday night, Wednesday night, I was going, of course, on Sunday morning. And before I even showed up to church on Sunday morning, I showed up early at 9.30 for a thing called Sunday school. How many of you guys remember Sunday school? How many of you guys miss Sunday school from 9.30 to 10 a.m.? Oh, man. My class had about 14 to 15, uh, I mean, excuse me, I had about six 14 to 15-year-old guys in it. And our Sunday school teacher is a great guy. His name was Andy who at the time I thought was like this grown man that had all the wisdom of the world through life experience, come to find out later, he's like 25 years old. (laughs) No offense, 25s. But the church that I was going to, they had purchased a house that was right next door to the church and they had done what every 90s youth group did back in those days. They had turned it into the youth group annex. It was our own house. And that old house had one of those smells that was unmistakable. It was like the blend of aging carpet, sweaty teenagers, and Taco Bell. (laughs) Our Sunday school class met in what used to be someone else's bedroom every Sunday. And we would sit around this wooden six-foot folding table. And we would have a discussion about the Bible. And Andy would end every class with the same question. He would say, 
Do you guys have any prayer requests? And Andy was a great small, or excuse me, Sunday school teacher. And he had earned the right to ask that question. But inevitably, we all answered the question the same way. And it all started with the first person would say, uh, yes, Andy, I have a prayer request. It's unspoken. <laughs> and the next guy would follow suit and say, oh, I also have an unspoken request. And the carousel would go around and around. And when I first started going to church, I heard a guy say this and I was like, did he say unspoken? And Andy said, okay, that's great. As if it was a real request. And he like took it down like with serious notes and he was praying for the unspoken need. And I was like, this is brilliant. I can, I can, this, there's an acceptable way to be, participate in prayer where I can be active and engaged, acknowledge my need for prayer, but I don't have to actually say anything. And I was like, this is great. So yes, Andy, I have something you need to pray for. It's unspoken. You're never going to know anything about it. In fact, I have all sorts of things you're never going to know anything about. So just pray for us, unspoken, please. Because at 14 years old, I didn't need anybody else to know anything about what's going on underneath the surface because I was emotionally stable and I knew how to take care of myself from that point forward in my life because at 14 years old, you have everything figured out. Unspoken, please. So poor Andy every week. Lord, we place these six unspoken requests at your feet. Only you know what to do, God. Listen, listen. <clears throat> Here's the thing. It may feel tempting to judge or criticize the unspoken prayer request, but that's not my intent today to assume we can assume that it's some sort of cop-out or some sort of, you know, sign of unwilling to be honest with friends. But there are moments, and this is all, this is true, there are moments in life when you don't know what you need prayer for, but you need, you need prayer. You're like, listen, I don't know, I can't even tell you, I just need prayer. It's heavy. It's right now, I can't even, I can't even find the words. It's too hard. It's too soon. It's too, it's too whatever. Can you just pray for me? That's a pretty appropriate unspoken prayer request, or hey, I need you to pray for this friend hurting. It's a, lot, it's a very personal situation. I just need you to lift them up in prayer by name. I can't tell you exactly what's going on. That's appropriate, right? So I just, wanted, I just want to say on the record, unspoken prayer requests have a green light in this church. Bring them. They're great. I get it. In fact, the unspoken prayer request serves as a great picture for us. I mean, at times it's, I mean, it's funny. My my story from Sunday school days, there's some funny things to it, but sometimes it's, it's needed. And behind that unspoken prayer request is a story waiting to come alive. Imagine the trajectory of an unspoken prayer request. Meaning at some point in your life, you finally get real about a prayer need that you have, but it feels unspeakable. Like you can't say it out loud, but you come to grips with it in your own life. You're like, I need prayer. So I say it to God. God, I need you to help me with this, but I can't tell anyone else about it. And so at some point you've reconciled that I can talk to God about this. I just can't talk to anybody else. And then along the way, you're at a Sunday school class or a small group, or you're with a friend and it just comes out like, hey, I've been praying about something. I can't really tell you the details, but can you just be praying for me? It's an unspoken request. And that thing that was in you starts to peek its way out into the light. There's a story happening. 
Before you know it, that unspoken request, if you allow it to be, becomes something that you say, you know what, I'm going to share this with a really good friend or a mentor, a spiritual leader, and it becomes out of the hidden places of your soul into the light so others can share in that hope you have. And over time, you find yourself more willing to share what at one time felt unspeakable. Who knows if God will answer the prayer the way you want him to answer it, but something has happened. You've walked in the power of vulnerability. You've expressed something from deep within about who you are, and you've exercised great faith when you entertain what at one time was unspeakable and the things that live under the surface of your life. And when you did that, guess what? You actually became more of who God wants you to be. See, that's how a story of a simple unspoken prayer request can work in your life. I want to take us to Psalm 139 today. I want to spend some time with this scripture. I feel like it's the perfect place to go into the Bible that connects the dots of where we want to begin with this sort of journey under the surface of our lives. David, of course, is the king of Israel, the same David who took down Goliath, the one-shot wonder kid. Well, that David becomes the primary songwriter, poem writer in this book of Psalms that is in the middle of our Bible. He shows us a bit of inner examination through this passage. And Psalm 139 is a well-known passage, but we're going to spend a little bit of time in it. And we'll start in verse 1. It says this. It says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. God knows you. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul, and you understand my every thought before it enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me. You read my heart like an open book, and you know all the words. He's memorized that story. You know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. So David, in this moment, is overwhelmed with the knowledge that God knows everything about him. God knows it all, all of his sadness, all of his joy, all of his fears, all of his lusts, all of his hopes, all of his dreams, all of his beliefs and hopeful beliefs that he has. David is putting pen to paper about something we all know, but we try and act like doesn't exist. God knows everything about you. Everyone say God knows. He knows the good, the bad, the ugly in us. He knows us inside and out. And I believe if we, if we believe in God, chances are we know that, but we don't like that. In verse 7, he continues, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, you're there. David is like, not only do you know everything, but you're everywhere. And by the way, David isn't mad about this. Some people could write this and they'd be mad, right? But David isn't mad about it. He's not like, I can't get away from you, God. I can't shake you, God. I, I, please give me some space, God. That's not what he's saying. He's, like, he's not like looking over his shoulder and God is there lurking. Listen, God is not a lurking God. God does not lurk. Everyone say, God does not lurk. God does not lurk. That's a good point, Tim. For us, I imagine it like sometimes we think that God sets up surveillance on us to catch us when we do wrong. But that's not what this is saying. That's not what he means by if I, if, 
if I go up to the heavens, you're there. he's saying, if my thoughts send to heaven, you're there. If I'm in the most difficult hellish of circumstances and they're in the depths of the earth, you're there. You never leave me. He understands us. He sees what's going on in our life. Then David writes in verse 13, for you created my inmost being. He's getting into the inner world now. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. David praises God for creating us inside and out. Even the things that seem deep and hidden from everyone, do you know that your creator knows about? I built a backyard deck a couple number of years ago. My backyard adventure is well chronicled in the message archive. <laughs> but, but as a builder and creator of that backyard deck, I know what's under the surface of that deck, and I'm the only one who does. I know the unique things I had to do to make it work right, the ways I had to rig it on my slanted yard, the interesting things I did. You might say the special things I did to make that backyard deck a one-of-a-kind backyard deck. There is no other backyard deck like that. Many are similar, but none are the same. The Creator created you special. He's the only one that knows what's really under the surface. Many are similar but none are the same. In fact, that means that God knows you more than you know you. I want you to stay with me for a little bit. By the end of Psalm 139, you get this sense that David is very aware of this fact. He knew that God knew everything about him, but that David didn't know everything about himself. Verse 23 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart, Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. He's like, God, just tell me what to do. You know better than me anyway, so just lead me. Lead me forward. There's something about me that I don't even know yet, but I need you, you God, to tell me what it is. Tell me where to go. God, there's a best version of me that only you know about. It's deep within me. God, can you lead me to be that person? This is what David is saving, saying. Psalm 139 is a praise-filled declaration that God not only knows more than you know, but God knows you more than you know you. Rich Velatus, in his book, Deeply Formed Life, sums up David's psalm with this simple prayer. Lord, show me me. Lord, show me me. Oftentimes our prayers are, God, show us your glory. God, answer my biggest prayer. God, I need you to show up in a big way. God, help me. I love help me prayers, you know? Jonah gets swallowed by a fish. What does he pray from the belly of that fish? Help me, God, which is an appropriate prayer. It's the prayer you should pray when you're in the belly of a fish. Sometimes we need help me prayers. Sometimes we need praise God prayers. And sometimes we need this prayer right here, which is a really good one. Lord, show me me. Lord, show me me. Help me understand the unspoken realities about myself. We can pray this with the same heart of David, but I want you to know something. This, in today's world, I think it's important to note, this isn't some self 
preoccupied obsession with just my own personality type or my own, the way I'm wired. That's not what this is. This is a desire to take the inner journey into self in order to better understand not only ourselves, but our creator. Let me explain it this way. When we look at art, we learn, and, we, and when we take the time to learn more about the story of the art that we're looking at, we not only learn more about the purpose of that art, but we learn more about the creator who made it. Christy, Emily, and I, we, we re- recently saw some art pieces by Vincent Van Gogh. And one of his most famous, right here, I'll put it on the screen, one of his most famous was simply called Self-Portrait, which is a great title because it's a self-portrait. I love it. Brilliant naming. It's a self-portrait. Well, apparently there are like 36 self-portraits by Vincent Van Gogh. At first, when I, saw, when I learned that, I was like, man, that guy was really thinking a lot of himself. Pretty self-absorbed. He really liked to paint himself. I mean, all these, you know, I'm just like, man, that feels, I mean, you ever met someone, they just love themselves a little too much? Don't look at them. <laughs> but we all met that person. But the more you learn about what's behind the painting, under the surface, behind the canvas, you learn more about the creator. You see, the real story, the real story is this artist in Paris at the time were trying out this new form of art called impressionist painting. And they had to practice how to paint human beings, people. And here's the thing about Van Gogh. He was dirt poor. His paintings are worth millions, billions now, but he didn't get any of that money. He was dirt poor. He couldn't afford to pay models. And so he literally just had to paint himself because it was his cheapest option. So not self-absorbed. He was simply living on a budget. How many of you guys can get with that? (laughs) When you learn more about the story behind the art, you learn more about the creator of the art. Listen, you are the art. When you get under the surface of you, behind the canvas, and you understand more about you, you understand more about the purpose of why you were created. But you also learn more about the creator and his intention and the way he created you, the way he did. Theologian John Calvin, he wrote this. He said, the knowledge of God and that of ourselves are connected. Without knowledge of self, there is no knowledge of God. And without knowledge of God, there is no knowledge of self. So this prayer, Lord, show me me, is another way to not only understand yourself, but it's another way to understand God, our creator, wants us to get to know him as we get to know ourselves. So it's not self-absorbed. It's actually a way to grow in love with the Father. I want to show you a tool today that I believe will be really helpful, not only for this series of saying, how do we become more vulnerable? How do we, see it? How do we allow the things that are deep within us to come out of us? What about the unspoken realities of our life? I want to show us a tool today that will be helpful, not only for this message, but for the series and hopefully in your life. A number of years ago, I I learned about a psychology tool that I've actually kind of had in the back of my head for years, and it's called the Jahari Window. I'll show it to you here. It was created by two psychologists, Joseph Luft and Harry Ingram, and they named it 
the Johari, as in the take, they took the two first names, Joe and Harry, and they combined it. So it's Johari, Johari window. Again, brilliant way to name things. I just love these examples we're getting today. Um, but the Johari window was created by these two psychologists from the University of California. And, and uh, it's, it's, uh, I'll quickly explain it. There's four window panes. And the first window pane is a pane called uh, known. It's titled known. And known means it's known to you and known to others. So this would be, for example, if we were going to say, well, what does everybody know about me and that I know about me? Uh, I, I, we all know that I'm the pastor here at this church, uh, that my wife's name is Christy, that I like to make you repeat things. Everyone say repeat. repeat. See? Um, and, and you all know that I'm wearing black jeans per use, right? And so <clears throat> these are all things that live in the known window of our life. Uh, and the closer you are in relationship and the greater you are in vulnerability, the bigger that window is, right? Which is a good point. Um, window two is, called, is titled hidden, meaning these are not the things, these are things that are known to me, but unknown to you. These are things that for whatever reason I have decided to not share with you about myself. Now, it may be things as trivial as my exact weight, it's none of your business, or the things that I'm afraid of, back off, right? Or, or maybe my insecurities, or the things that make me angry, like going to the store where they have just a few self-checkout lanes and 35 empty registers, unmanned. Don't get me started. That was previously hidden, now it's known. Vulnerability, friends. How many of you know that the hidden window in our lives is pretty big for a lot of us? There's a lot of things we don't tell people, much less tell the Lord. And window three is titled blind, meaning these are the things that we are blind to. Specifically, that means they are known to others, but unknown to me. The truth is that we all have blind spots, don't we? Thought spots that we need others to help us see. Maybe it's that you exaggerate way too much. Did I tell you how many came to VBS? 400 people. It was awesome. Or maybe it's that you're a close talker. Or that you're a bad listener. Or that you must be colorblind because your clothes never match. I don't know what your blind spot is, but you all have them. They can all be blind spots, or we can all have these blind spots, but the truth is about blind spots that they are often, what they do, they do the most damaging work to undermine the best version of yourself. You need people to help you see it. And the fourth window is titled unknown, meaning it's the unknown to you and to others. So this is unknown to everyone except who? <laughs> some people like to say Jesus. Some people like to say God. All the same, right? Unknown to God. Of course, God knows everything, right? We read that in Psalm 139. Everyone say God knows. Everyone say, God knows, me. God knows me. So he knows, but the rest of us, we don't know. It's called the unknown quadrant. God knows the unspeakable things. God knows the things that our minds can't even conceive. But God also knows a lot of the things that we will come to discover in the future that we've yet to experience. So here's the magic of what Joe and Harry did with these windows. You can go ahead, go ahead to the next slide. You see, through the power of vulnerability... Something happens when we're vulnerable. When we begin to share 
some of the hidden things of our life and we push them into the known category. So through vulnerability, we make known some of the hidden spaces. And through vulnerability, we ask for good feedback and it pushes into the blind. So what happens is the blind quadrant, the blind window, the hidden window, they become smaller, don't they? The known one becomes bigger. And guess what else gets revealed? Well, all of a sudden, a whole window is opened up to an unknown space of your life. And so what you start to see is we start living known, not only to ourselves, but to others. And we start to live with less hidden quadrants, less blind spots, and more discovery about who we really are. And when we ask for feedback, and we ask for feedback about our blind spots, we learn to be more of ourselves. It's what our friend Jeremy Kubitschek says called, it's learning to, learning to uh, act what it, or excuse me, learning what it's like to be on the other side of yourself, which can feel a bit scary to be like, hey, I want to let you in. To look in the mirror, not only vulnerably at yourself, but to let others look in the mirror with you. So the known quadrant grows. And I imagine you want to be the best version of you, right? Anybody? I assume you want to discover unknown things about yourself and the things that God has created you for that only the Creator knows because He's the one that created you. But here's what I know. I know that inside of you, there is a you trying to get out and become more of who God created you to be. You ever wondered, like, don't you ever feel like there's a you inside of you that's not yet, really yet been released to the world? You know what I'm talking about? You're like, there's... I just don't know if I can do that. There's something inside of you. So the question we've been driving towards today is this. What are you not saying to God that you should be saying? This is where it begins. What in your life feels unspeakable even to God? You've sort of left it in this, I don't even talk about it, even to God. What do you need to say to God? What are you not saying to God that you should be saying? You see, it's the unspoken request idea. There's a time and a place for unspoken requests for sure, but there's a time and a place to move beyond and to exercise a faith that's vulnerable and that comes from deep within yourself. So if you took this question a little deeper, you could probably say it this way. What do you need to say to God that you're not saying Maybe it's a prayer, maybe it's a confession of some sort. And because you're not saying it, it's stopping you from a deeper faith and a healthier life. You're stuck in a cycle. And all this begins with you talking to God about the unspoken things that live under the surface of your life. So here's what I'm going to do to help you with that. I'm going to kind of jump ahead to some of the things that I feel like we need to say. So I have 10 things today fill-in-the-blank statements. And chances are at least one of these, maybe more, is something that you need to take the time to start saying to God. So here's, a, here's a, number one. Maybe it's God I'm sorry for. And you fill in the blank. You see, repentance is always needed. It's it's a time to confess and ask for forgiveness. And some of us, we have unrepentant, unrepented sin in our life. We're so, we're so disgusted by it, we 
have a hard time even acting like it's happening. We think the surveillance camera is on us and we're, so we're always trying to dodge it. Here's the deal, God already knows. He already knows. You just gotta talk to him about it because he wants to see you washed clean. And it starts with this, God, I'm sorry for. Maybe it's this, God, I'm angry about. Number two, often what lies under the surface is anger. So anytime we get pressed for time or we get rushed or something throws us off in the slightest or someone does something just a little bit rude, we erupt in anger. It just comes right out of it. It's like the first layer underneath the surface is anger. You have to ask yourself, what are you angry about? What are you angry about? Number three, God, I'm frustrated with. Frustrated may sound like another word for angry, but I'm in a room full of Christians who don't like to say I'm angry. We like to say I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. Okay, fine. If that's your word, what are you frustrated about? Who are you frustrated with? What's the thing that you just keep, it just keeps gnawing away at you? It's not anger, but it's frustration. Number four, God, I'm doubtful because... Maybe under the surface of your faith lives this battle with doubts, questions, confusion, and you feel tossed back and forth by them. Listen, God can handle your doubts. He just wants you to talk about them. Don't talk to your doubts about other people who doubt, by the way. All that does is reaffirm your doubts and then you live in doubts. Talk to the one source of truth, your heavenly father about your doubts and see what he says. See how he encourages. See what people he brings into your life, what influences he starts to answer those prayers with. Because I guarantee when you start saying, God, I'm doubtful, guess what? There's gonna be all sorts of mysterious, unexplainable, blow your mind kind of things happen in your life. And it's not gonna be some sermon that answers all of your questions. It's gonna be a steady stream of God's goodness flowing into your life to say, you know what? I see you and I know you. Thank you for finally speaking about the thing that was underneath the surface. Hmm. I'm tired of, number five, I'm tired of. All of us could probably put something in this line. Under the surface, what are you tired of? Maybe you're tired of your job. Maybe you're tired of someone in your life. Listen, God, God can handle it. He wants you to talk to him about it. Number six, God, I need help with. You know, in the scriptures, it actually says that God knows our needs, but he wants our needs to become known to him through the way we ask him for what we need. He's like, listen, I already know, but do you have a heart that's willing to come and be dependent upon me to say, no one else can help me with this but you, God? Number seven, God, I'm afraid of. Next week, we're gonna spend time just in this bank right here in, in the idea of fears that live under the surface. But many of you already know your fear. You know, I'm afraid of failure, or I'm afraid of being alone, or I'm afraid of being judged, or I'm afraid of not measuring up, or I'm afraid of the next crisis that's going to hit our world. Number eight, God, I'm feeling. Are you telling people, hey, how you doing? I'm good. But really, you don't feel good. 
that's where you need to begin. Number nine, a little different, but God, I wonder about. Maybe there's a dream you have. Maybe there's a hope you have. Maybe there's a calling deep within you that you wonder, God, am I supposed to do that? Am I supposed to be that? And it's just been sitting underneath the surface for years and you've just went and lived a different life, but you know deep in you there's something else that God's been stirring in you, but you're afraid to let it out. So you wonder, have you missed it? Number 10, God, I'm thankful for. Maybe you just need to express thanks to God. You've been holding back your gratitude. Maybe unintentionally, maybe intentionally, I don't know. There's a great quote that says, unexpressed gratitude communicates ingratitude. You ever done something for someone, you felt like you went all out for them? You felt like you worked really hard, you presented this thing, or maybe you worked really hard for your team that you work with, you did all this work for them, and, or whatever it is, right? And then there's very little feedback about it, or very little, and then you're like, man, uh, unexpressed gratitude. You know, they might be grateful. It communicates ingratitude. And you've all felt that. We've all felt that. And then we've also been the ones to do that as well. We've also been the ones who've lacked gratefulness in our hearts, not only for people, but starting with the Lord. So Lord, show me me. That's the first thing. That's where we begin in this inner journey. Lord, show me me. I need to start telling you what I have not been saying. So what do you need to say to God that you aren't saying to him? What's the unspoken thing underneath the surface that you need to let out of you? He already knows anyway. <laughs> so start talking with him. That's the first thing. Maybe it's one of these sentences. Maybe it's God, I'm sorry for God, I'm angry about God, I'm tired of whatever it is. Maybe it's totally something different. These 10 are just to help you. What is it? And the second thing I want to say today if you want to go inward and if you want to go somewhere with this, if you want this to be a sermon that's not just a sermon that you consume, but it's one that you start to actually implement and apply into your life, then the second question is, who do you need to share it with? Who is someone that you need to share the thing that you are not saying to God that now you need to say to God? See, this is being vulnerable and moving from what is hidden into what is known in the window of self. And when you share these sorts of things, I'm telling you, it will feel like your heart is beating out of your chest. But how many know that's really living? It's pushing ourselves beyond comfort and mediocrity and the mundane to push our limits and expand ourselves into the unknown things of God so they become the known realities of our life. God wants to reveal more and he will. When we engage in the unspoken power, beauty, and wonder of what lies underneath the surface. So two questions, and then I'm gonna pray. What are you not saying to God that you need to say to him? And who do you need to share that with? Start with that. And remember, this is part one of three. So we're just getting started. We got more to go. But I wanna pray for you and I wanna create some space for you to respond. Would you stand with me? Stand with me. And let's just pray to the Father. Father, we come to you, we need you. We ask for your help. 
In a moment, as we sing, this altar will be open, and maybe you just need to begin talking with God today. And I would encourage you to, like these altars, I mean, I feel like every Sunday they should be open because we, need to, we want to respond to the Father's work in our lives. We aren't looking to just transmit some, some, some message today that we consume. We want it to be transformational, right? We want there to be change happening in our lives. We want there to be things that are going on within you. And, and that only happens... That only happens when we receive the word that God's speaking. It's God's whispering to a lot of us right now. And we don't live in this place of, I'm just going to stuff that one more time deeper within. I'm not going to deal with this. The unspoken things that God says to me, I'm just going to, I'm not going to do. It, it, when we start to allow those things to come from underneath the surface of our lives and we start to respond to them, God will move. Holy Spirit, come. We invite you in your powerful work in our lives. If you want to come while we sing, like I said, this altar is open. Our prayer team will be here. Maybe you want to talk to someone. We have a prayer team here in the front. We have one in the back corner. With everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed, real quick as a way to respond, all of us. If something was said today, you're like, I needed that today. I feel like God's going to speak to me about that. Would you just raise your hand? Raise your hand. Father, we acknowledge that God, you want to do work in us. So we open our hearts, we open our lives that, Lord, you want to do more in us. And may we be obedient to the things that you're putting in us. May we be responsive to the ways that your spirit is guiding us and leading us, that we would become exactly the person you've created to be. We know that there's more in us that you want to reveal and bring out into the light. And so, Father, we thank you. We respond to your word. We don't consume it. We respond to it. We don't just hear it. We are transformed by it. God, we love you today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Let's worship and pray and respond this time for the next few minutes. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.